So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Okay. Five star review from Love Love Max. Love Love Max says uh, amazing podcast. Must listen to every episode. Love this podcast. My favorite ever. Learning a lot and using the free information at all times. Thank you, Love Love Max. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest that has been recommended by many of you, and I'm excited to have him on. He's got a lot of accolades uh, behind him. I'm going to let him do his uh, biography for you. But uh, without further ado, from Miami, Florida, Florida, Mr. Christopher Levitt. Chris, how you doing? Welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? Awesome. Hey, Chris, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better? Sure. So right now I'm actually in Palm Beach, Florida at my sales office for La Clara Palm Beach, which is a new development project here. The market in Palm Beach County is blowing up. It's, it's amazing. It's really strong. So I'm just here today actually uh, meeting some clients. So you're seeing a kitchen behind me if you're watching this video wise. But uh, just to give you a little bit of a bio on myself, I've been in the real estate business for over 20 years. I started in New York City selling luxury real estate and uh, from 1996 to 2009. And in 2009, I moved down to Miami and I sold in Miami from 2009 to 2014 and then made the move officially to Palm Beach in 2014 um, and have just been riding this insane wave of very, very busy market here on Palm Beach Island uh, since then. So, you know, a, a veteran in the business, if you will. I, I really like how you're able to move from you know one market to the next, and I want to talk to you about that. But first, let's get into some nitty gritty. Like, like how many houses have you sold in the last twelve months? Over twenty. Okay. Those are big numbers. You know, what's what's your average sale price there? Uh, I would say around eight million. Eight million dollars. Okay. Wow. So you're at, you know, 150 million and, and or so uh, volume. What, uh, what is your, we like to call it ECI, ego commission income. What is your GCI, your gross commission from that whole 150? Oh, I don't talk about my income, but I will say it's, it's high. It's good. Yeah. And, and so what was the, what was the reason that you moved from Miami to, to Palm Beach? Okay, so a long, long time ago, I would say around 1999, uh, I was working for the Corcoran Group in New York City for Barbara Corcoran, who now is a star on Shark Tank. Barbara Corcoran and I became very close. Um, we, I, I was very lucky to get 
very sage advice from Barbara many times throughout my career with her. And the one thing she told me was, um, well, I read a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Do you know that book? Yep, I've read it, yep. Okay, so it's a really great short little book that basically says when things aren't working in either a market or even, even if you're like, uh, specializing in the five to 10 million range. Well, when, if that is drying up and you see that the 300 to 800,000 market is, is, is booming, move to that, you know, make that move. And I did that. I followed her advice and, and I left New York at a time when the stock market was falling and it was a, it was a mess, you know, it was 2000, end of 2008, early 2009. And I had an opportunity in Miami to sell out a new condo, the W South Beach, which was a condo hotel um, on the ocean. And it was a really smart move because even though it was so dramatic and sort of against the grain of what I was doing, it was what I needed to do to make money at the time. You know, it, it made sense to not keep pounding a pavement that wasn't bringing any return in New York City at the time. So I, I just made that move and I always wanted to go to Florida. And I think that was really ingrained in my mind from Barbara back in the day, you know, to say when things are tough and they're not working, make a move. Wow. And, and then you made another one. And, and, and I want to talk to you a little bit about million dollar listing. I know you were one of the stars of, of million dollar listing Miami at one, they canceled it after one season, right? They did. And was that the reason you said, ah, you know, if they're canceling this anyways, I'm going to bail. I'm going to go somewhere new or what made you make this? No. Yeah. So very interesting. If you look at the last episode of that show, you know, it's hard to remember that it was so long ago, but I had, I had had an interview to do a project in Palm Beach. That was the last episode. It just, so it just happened, you know, organically. So, and you said, I'll take it. And how far is Palm Beach from Miami? It's about an hour drive. Uh, it's about a 50 minute train ride now that we have the amazingly luxurious bright line. So it's very easy to get to and quick from, from Miami to Palm Beach. But, uh, you know, Miami was, at that time, it was starting to slow down a bit. And Palm Beach was getting um, a lot of notoriety in the press and, and the marketplace was starting to move. So I did that move again. And it was a, a very smart move because it launched me into a very difficult market to break into, which is the Palm Beach market. It's very uh, small, very competitive. Uh, very few players do 99% of the business. Wow. And this project that you moved for, right? It was, um, tell me about it. Tell me like the so, product and what it, what it was. Sure. So the project I moved for was the, the Bristol Palm Beach, which is uh, right now almost completed. Closings will start in the fall. 69 units from five to $45 million. You know, to be granted that project, to be the director of sales for it, and to have those 69 listings was a huge motivator for me to move yet still be able to keep my resale business going. And it was just a very, very smart move. And that building sold out very quickly. There's only one or two left right now. So uh, it was a very, very smart move. I think if I had stayed in Miami, I don't think I'd be as successful as I am right now. Yeah. And then one thing leads to another is what people need to understand, right? Because once you got in and you started selling those and it gave you an opportunity to meet more people for some resales, correct? Absolutely. You know, the minute that I started selling that product, um, I, I've always grown up coming to Palm Beach. So I have that knowledge of the town and, and the community. But that entree for the project really 
was my launching pad and my gaining legitimacy as an agent in the market. You know, it was a little tough, honestly, to come to Palm Beach, which is a very conservative kind of tight-lipped, we don't like a lot of press with our agents, you know, to come off the heels of a TV show where I was very well known, to break into a market that's a little quieter and not as flamboyant, if you will, was very challenging too. So it was a risk. Yeah, I noticed that, you know, I noticed that I was looking back at some of your stuff, Chris, and, you know, you used to write a lot of articles for the street and you, you used to, you know, have blog posts and videos and, of course, all your shows on Bravo television are up online and then it kind of goes dark a little bit and so that was a conscious thing, right? You said, you know, yeah. this is how I'm getting business in Miami, but this is not how I'm going to get business in Palm Beach. Right. So, so right after the show, you know, it was a fun show for me to do. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I was well received in relation to the other people on the TV show, I think, from what I've been told. I had a lot of offers to do other things, you know, other TV shows that were maybe not real estate related, but other fun kind of cool things. But I just know TV now, and it's such a risk to do a show, you know, so if you leave the real estate world and you say, go do a travel show or something that was being offered to me, well, gosh, what if that didn't pan out? What if that didn't do well? I would be sort of then branded as this kind of like reality star that didn't succeed or, you know, on another show. So I really said to myself, you know what? The real estate show didn't work out. It was, was fun to do. Um, it did launch me, you know, it did give me a lot of notoriety in business, which was good. But I just really decided to focus in on the craft itself versus the, uh, public persona of it all. So that was a choice that I made that I think was the right choice. And, and they don't pay you for that, do they? They do. They do pay you. What, what, what yeah. kind of, what do they pay? Nominal. It's nominal compared nominal. to. It's like you know, union wages or something. I, I think it paid for my shoe salary on the show. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Tribeofmillionaires.com Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. So let's talk. Uh, you had mentioned before we started this that um, lately, for whatever reason, uh, uh, maybe just a, the market that you're dealing with, it may be a shift in the market, it may be uh, something that's a little more universal, which I think it is, and I think it's important to talk about it, is the clients are seeming to become tougher and tougher to deal with these days. And 
and, and you've been thinking a lot about this. So I want to see if we could dig into it a little bit so you could help everybody listening. Sure. So what I've been experiencing in the past, let's say month or so, two months, is very challenging clients, maybe a little bit older, a little bit used to sort of being the person in charge, if you will. And then <laughs> it's just, it's a very emotional thing to purchase a home, as we all know, right? It brings out, let's say, the worst in people. And I think that it's really critical for an agent to know how to navigate these people, to not be spooked by their attitude, to not shut down or not be defensive. Um, a lot of us become very defensive. Remember, the customer is always right. You know, that's the number one thing that I feel when I go into a store, you know, I don't want an attitude from a, someone in a store. I don't want to be challenged. I want to be heard, listened to, serviced, basically. And a lot of this difficultness is just sort of them processing what's going on, what is happening, uh, understanding. You know, it's a, there's a lot to understand and to navigate when you buy something. And, and you would expect that some of these people who are extremely high up in their profession would know. But they don't because it's not what they do every day. It's what we do every day. But if they're running a major Fortune 500 company, real estate necessarily is not their forte. They don't necessarily know all the innuendos of it. So a lot of that I've found in these, quote, difficult people is just a frustration of not really getting it and understanding it or not feeling as though they're being heard, listened to. So I've just really, I've had like a master class in this in the past couple of months. And what I've learned is that it's never about me. As long as I do my job, I always present the facts. I always put everything in an email or follow up with an email. I, I never lead with my own selfish needs. So that's another important thing. Especially well, let's, the- let's slow this down. Um, what, what does that mean? I, never, okay. I know what it means, but I want you to elaborate on it. Okay. It's, you know, when we're doing a deal, we sometimes either we need the commission or we're just thinking about the commission. Well, we right? want the commission, yeah. We want the commission, whether we need it, we don't need it, we, we just want it. And, and a lot of us get lost in that and we don't remember that you don't get really paid until the, the closing is done and the check clears. I mean, that's really what it is. So never let your decisions be led by the end result, which is the commission right? So you always have to make sure that whatever you're doing, whatever move you're making is for the, for the good of the client and not your own selfish uh, commission at the end. It's, it sounds really easy to think that, right? Because it's the right thing to do. It's the fiduciary right thing to do. But we do get lost in that sometimes, you, especially when the commissions are very large and there's a lot at stake. So when you're making moves and, 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 Maybe the sellers put buyers putting you in charge of doing an inspection report or things like that. I, I always say, don't ever recommend your own inspector. Don't recommend lawyers. Let them find them on their own because you don't want to be held liable for any reason. I just I think that's that's that, really that's, that's an interesting uh, thought there. Uh, so a couple of things come to mind. Number one, you're saying you almost need like a butler mentality, right? Like you're the butler. Whatever they say, you're just going to jump and do it, right? You're, I mean, well, yes, at the end of the day. You're not going to be a weakling, right? You're not going to be an order taker. You're going to be a strong, confident realtor, but who treats them with the kind of respect that they want, even when they may be going off the handle because you know that's not about you. 
but you're not going to be a pushover by any chance, any means, please. I don't want to tell you to do that, but just don't get so defensive when they get upset because it's not usually about you if you've been doing your job. Now, if you, if you're not knowledgeable on real estate, you don't know what you're doing and they're coming down on you for that. That's a whole different topic. So if you haven't been communicating and you haven't been explaining yourself better, it's probably a symptom of that is what you're saying. And, and the key to the key of what you're doing is maybe, are you explaining yourself better? Are you spending more time? Are you being more wordy? Are you writing more detailed emails now? Is that how you're solving this problem? Yes, I'm also taking a breath. I'm not responding right away, you know, in an immediate thing. If some calls me and says, well, what's going on with this? You know, it's okay to say, let me process what we're talking about and I'll get right back to you. Things like that versus needing to respond right away. Sometimes we do get bullied by the client and scared. And, and it's important to take a breath, think about it. You know, don't respond to an email immediately. Don't respond to a text right away. We're so quick to respond today that it puts us in a, in a compromising position sometimes. So I have learned to really just dial back and, okay, you know, 10 minutes could make or break this in the way that I respond, in the, in the tone I have, all of that's very, very important. And uh, I just think these are really key tools to staying confident, strong, and being really like in control. What other advice do you have? Well, give me an example of um, a buyer or a seller who, who you know, came across wrong to you or was wrong, and uh, how did you solve it and, and, and settle and finally get the household and settle? Right. So, I mean, I, I have countless issues because they're just always there. I mean, honestly, it's, there's always something. But I think that it is assuring the buyer or seller that you will handle this. You will speak to whatever, oh, let's call it, uh, you know, an inspector comes in and says, every air conditioning needs to be removed or, you know, ma managing, let's say an inspection report is a really good example. When things that they thought were fine suddenly become huge deals. How do you minimize that without making it seem like it's not a big deal? You know, those are art. There's an art to that. And it's, it's then going back and really reading the inspection report yourself, maybe with your manager, you know, and going through it and, and, then, and then be able to respond in a better, clearer way to them. Okay, well, it really looks like this is the one air conditioning that needs to be replaced. Let's, let's get a few bids, you know. It's, it's just, again, taking your time and sort of de, I don't know if de-alarming is a word, but sort of, you know, dialing it back to make sure that they don't go off the deep end and make sure that they know that they've got, that you've got their back and that you'll, you'll walk them through it and, and, and make sure that this isn't such a big deal. Yeah, that's kind of hard to do because at one point you want to take the wind out of their sails, right? You want to, all the, they got all this pressure, like, I can't believe this. So you want to be like, yeah, I can't believe it either. Because if you're like, if, if you're going against them, then it's going to cause friction. But at the same time, you want to be calm, like you said, and said, it's okay, this is normal, this is what we, we expected or not expected, but we see this all the time. And some of that is done going back to what you said earlier with, with just being better communicator as what could potentially happen before it happens. Exactly. And I think that to, to agree with them and say, yeah, this is horrible, not a good idea. Not a good not idea. A, okay, talk to me about that. Definitely not. If they're saying, oh my God, this is this, say okay, well, you know, every, every inspection brings up something, you know, let's look at this piece by piece 
you know, because probably they haven't read it. They've probably just gotten an overview or skimmed it or, you know, so you have to, to, to agree with them like that is really because you're, 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 you're going along with the hype and you're all going to get crazy. So saying, okay, well, yeah, there's some issues. Let's, let's look at them and let me get back to you and, and whatnot. Also, when you're selling them a house and they're in that honeymoon period where they're super excited, I always try to like <laughs> minimize it a little bit because I, I want them to know, Hey, well, yes, we, we, we did a good job negotiating. Everything seems great, but you know, there's going to be an inspection report and we should, we should anticipate that there's probably, probably going to be something that they'll find. So just know that ahead of time. I like to prepare people for that. So they don't, you know, there isn't such a high and a low of excitement and, you know, upset when they get the report back. Yeah. I think it's really important to minimize all the highs and lows that they experience. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Pat Hyben. And before we jump back into today's content, I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer from an extraordinary company. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company a VA company that specializes in virtual assistance for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistance. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals so you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything it's called scaling your business with virtual professionals and you can get it real easy all you got to do is text the word hyben h-i-b-a-n to 31996 that's h-i-b-a-n to 31996 and download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys, and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. Excellent. Okay, so let me talk to you about your business now. That, you know, now that the Bristol's only a couple of left, uh, you're going to start focusing all on resale business in Palm Beach. Do you think? No. So I, I have a very good, robust resale business that's great. I sell everything from seven hundred thousand to you know high, almost a hundred million. So I'm in that in every little market there. But my primary focus is the La, La Clara, the project where I'm sitting right now. It's a new project about eight buildings south of the Bristol uh, that is being built right now. 83 apartments, uh, 26 stories, beautiful, beautiful project. It just broke ground. 
And uh, this is sort of the new next building here in West Palm Beach. Uh, that's awesome. And, did, and is it the same builder or did you have to work no, to get this No, different job? builder. Different builder. Did yes. they call you or did you call them? They called me. That's awesome. And, yeah. And uh, do you still do business in Miami? I, you know, I refer my business in Miami. I, I can't possibly service a listing in Miami at this time because it's just, it's not fair to the seller. So what I will do is if somebody calls me and says, Chris, we want you to list, I will call one of my trusted agents in Miami and, and speak to them and, and, you know, hopefully get a referral fee of some kind. But if they really want me involved, then sometimes what I do is I refer it. And then when it's time for the negotiations, I'll do the negotiating or I'll go, if it's a third visit and they're ready to make an offer, I'll go and make that, that uh, visit to meet the client and understand where they're coming from. Well, and do you have any communication with the, with the other people that were on the show, A Million Dollar Listing Miami? Not really. No, no I like Chad. He's great. Um, you know, I've, I've sent him some business, but not particularly. I didn't know them going into it. Okay. So we didn't really, <laughs> I think they did a terrible job casting that show. Frankly, really? Why? Because, what happened? Well, I think that a, a show that will do well is one where everybody knows each other and they're already in a competitive mindset with each other i didn't know that girl i didn't really know chad so it kind of was very unnatural and not how, how did you not know each other wouldn't you have co-opted before and that sort of thing not really no i didn't know samantha was an agent from fort lauderdale who i had never heard of and chad i i knew him but i didn't yeah and and why did it get canceled do you think <laughs> you'll have to ask bravo but i i think that it was poorly cast Myself excluded, of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, I think I did a great <laughs> job. I think I was funny and entertaining and, and educational all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes in the other shows, you know, they'll, they'll move people in and out. I'm surprised I just didn't do that, you know? You know, Miami has a bad rap with reality shows. Housewives of Miami didn't last. Um, there was another reality show, like, called uh, Hot Listings Miami, I don't know. The world doesn't like to watch Miami. However, I will tell you the biggest mistake they did was airing that show in the summer because I think that everyone is in, whoever watches TV is aspirational. They want to sort of live in the life that they're looking at. And if they're watching it, you know, from Nebraska in the hot summer day, hot summer night watching Miami, it's not as enticing as it would be if it were airing in February. So I think that also was part of it. Also, it was very hard for me to get access to really what I was working on at the time. I was selling the addition for Ian Schrager, um, a super luxurious condominium that I could not even walk inside that building with cameras. So that was unfortunate. Well, I had was a, it because it was exclusive? They didn't want cameras? They didn't want TV cameras. Ian is very private, um, the nicest guy in the world to work with, but he was very private. He didn't want cameras. Um, the W South Beach, I had a bunch of uh, resales there. They didn't want it. So it became challenging to give that sexy, um, you know, display of Miami because all the great, great stuff that I was selling at the time wasn't able to be portrayed. So I had to kind of fight to find things that, that I could work with. You would think it'd be the opposite. You would think they, want, they would want the publicity, you know, that, that it would help um, sales. Not always. And, and at the time, it was 2014, so it wasn't you know, reality TV was obviously big and whatnot, but it wasn't as accepted, I think, as it is today. Maybe. Wow. 
Amazing. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm going to respect your time. I know you got a, a buyer actually coming in to yep. your model here in minutes. Um, so guys, I'm going to put this on hybendigital.com backslash Christopher. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to just do Chris Levitt and it's L-E-A-A. Sorry. L-E-A-V-I-T-T. L-E-A-V-I-T-T. That's L-E-A-V-I-T-T. First name, Chris. Hybendigital.com backslash Chris Levin. I'm going to put his Instagram link. I'm going to put his Facebook. Everything and anything. Uh, is, if you want to reach out to him, I'm going to put his information there. You want to send him a referral, I'll put it there for you too. And Chris, this has been fun, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on. And if right. I'm ever in Palm Beach, Florida, I'll definitely look you up and uh, take a tour of the condos. Please do. My last parting words are, don't take anything personally because it's usually never about you. It usually is never. Good, good advice. All righty, sir. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool. An item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.